Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we gather this evening to begin the feast of the glorious chief of the apostles, Peter and Paul, uh, we are reminded of scripture from the Psalms where it says, Praise befits the just, that there is in the life of a Christian uh, a need for honor for those who are just, the righteous. There's especially Peter and Paul who stand at the forefront of the apostles as placed there by God himself, with Peter, of course, in his confession of the faith that we heard just a few moments ago in the reading from the Gospel, and then, of course, Paul, who was born, uh, one born out of season, one whom our Lord personally called to himself, even though he had not, like Peter, walked with him uh, all the way to Golgotha. Uh, but actually, Peter didn't walk with Jesus to Golgotha. That's part of the problem. Uh, the challenge of Peter, he actually skedaddled before then. Uh, but that Paul himself, as one born out of new season, uh, it stands besides Peter as one of the great apostles and leader of the apostles. This feast is actually a very ancient feast in the church, and there's evidence even in the second, third century uh, for the apostles' fast. Uh, it is, of course, always one of the fasts uh, that if there's going to be a fast, a great fast in the church is going to be overlooked, it's probably going to be the apostles. Uh, the calendar changes of the past century did not help it. Uh, I think next year we maybe have a day or two of the Apostles' Fast because of just the way Pascha falls. Uh, but we have evidence of the fasting that basically happens a week after Pentecost that begins with the Apostles' Fast. This feast, if you were to guess where, which city first celebrated this feast, what would be your guess? Rome. Rome. Why Rome? <laughs> Martyr and their bodies are there. The East, the Greek-speaking part of the church, actually adopted, kind of like Christmas, uh, they adopted this feast of Peter and Paul uh, on this particular day. Uh, in the Greek-speaking part of the church, they actually celebrated this feast a few days after Nativity. But basically, because of the influence of Rome and because of Probably it's a nice summer feast. Uh, they started celebrating it on this particular day. There is, of course, uh, Rome, and this shows up in the hymnody even, like Rome, the glory of Rome being the fact that uh, Peter and Paul were buried there, uh, that Peter was crucified upside down because he asked to be crucified in that way, and that Paul was killed outside the gate. There is a church. Uh, Paul outside the wall, or if I remember the name correctly, that uh, has there's a church there that's dedicated to Paul, and of course we all know St. Peter's, that was the original being built by St. Constantine, but this ancient feast of Peter and Paul is, uh, there's many aspects to contemplate. Uh, there is especially, I, I particularly like this version of the icon of Peter and Paul. A lot of icons of Peter and Paul have them jointly holding a little church together because they're considered both pillars, like chiefs of the apostles. Or you can have another version of this because uh, 
on Friday, we'd have the Synaxis, the Apostles. So if this church called Holy Apostles, their feast day is not Peter and Paul, but it would be this, the day after Peter and Paul. Uh, with the Synaxis would be all the Apostles. You have all of them standing around and basically holding a little miniature church as they are the foundation of the church. But this particular icon of Peter and Paul embracing, uh, as we know, uh, it, the hymnody tonight, we get a hymn to Peter, and we get a hymn to Paul, we get a hymn to Peter, and we get a hymn to Paul, because we are, have to, they have very different lives, they have very different personalities, and it's one of the beauties of this particular feast to see the church uh, embodied in two people, Peter and Paul, who I'm sure you probably couldn't find two different people. I'm sure most people would have said that they were both more intense. Uh, you don't really get the kind of life, I mean, you just know Peter from the Gospels. He was obviously intense, uh, maybe a little foolhardy, uh, ready to spring into action, which is also part of the glory of Peter because when it comes for his opportunity to repent, he is ready to repent. He learns humility, even though he's always kind of brashly at the ford, uh, wanting to walk on the water, wanting to you know be right in the midst of everything. Uh, but it is Saint Gregory Thomas has a, a beautiful homily for this feast uh, that he learns uh, a little girl basically is what he's afraid of. Who asks him, don't don't be that way. Your accent gives you away, right? That he crumbles before a little girl, but then, of course, it's just kind of asking, right? There's nothing really on the line, but he's afraid and he's going to be found out. And so he betrays our Lord. And it is, of course, how Jesus folds him back, asking him, uh, do you love me? And then telling him to feed the sheep. But it's in Peter who we have this, this rock, this confession of faith. Uh, the, I'll just say it for lack of a better word, the administrative aspect of the church that you can see in Paul. There's the confession of faith upon which everything is built off of, but there is a sense of structure, there is soundness, there is solidness upon which the church is founded upon. And then there's also the image of the keys that Peter has the ability to bind and loose. And then, of course, we see Paul at the other end of things, who was in his own way intense. And our humanity talks about you know, Peter with his foundation, that rock, that faith. And then you have Paul, who is the orator, the preacher, the one who is going about all over the Mediterranean who is preaching the gospel, and in the one hymn that we sang tonight, it almost sounded exactly like a copy and paste from 1 Corinthians, where he goes through all of his scars, basically, saying, I've done this, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beat. You know how many times? He even had a number for how many times he had the stripes on his back. You have, with Paul, this incredible witness to Christ, or as the, uh, the Prochemenon, right? The voice of the apostolic word going out throughout the entire universe. These two different lights, St. Gregory Palamas talks about, is not like the sun and the moon, right? That the moon needs the sun in order to have some kind of light given to it, but that they are too radiant, uh, they are both equal. 
of course, I think Gregory is kind of making, uh, he doesn't say it explicitly, but he's making a subtle. Peter and Paul are on the same level, that there is a Petrian faith that is in Paul. I think you can understand he's post-schism. Uh, he's not saying explicitly, but he's saying there's the college, there is a leader, but there is a college of apostles, and that all of the apostles share in the Petrian faith, that rock. <coughs> there is, of course, uh, for us in seeing Peter and Paul, the differences between them to realize in the church that we need Peter's and Paul's, that we need Bartholomew's, that we need Timothy's, that we need Titus's, that we need Thecla's, Barbara's, the Murbearers, Otini's. We need all of these various personalities that all have strengths uh, that are usually attached to some weaknesses, but that's why you have a Peter and Paul. Peter's pretty gung-ho and obstinate, which is probably exactly why Paul needed to rebuke him to his face. And Peter, again, had the humility to be able to say, okay, you're right. Gentiles are also involved here, and we need to be uh, mixing with them. That the, the gospel is for everyone. And so, as we come to uh, remember Peter and Paul, their lives, let us return uh, not only to their lives and the things that they did, but to their words. What Christ has given to us in First and Second Peter and the epistles of Paul, that we may be encouraged by them. In Peter, in his confession of faith of the Son of God, the Messiah, come in the flesh. And then Paul, who wants to tell us all about the crucified one, and that his preaching is all about the crucified one. This is the foundation. This is the rock upon which the church is built. This is the two chief trumpets of our Lord, whom we come back to again and again to revisit what the foundation of everything is. So praise earnestly from us uh, is given to these two just men whom God put uh, beside him to spread the word to all the ends of the universe. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tomorrow morning we